0: Welcome to the Girls Who Sell Spotlight podcast, where we will talk about everything business-to-business sales. At Girls Who Sell, we are not only committed to closing the gender gap in B2B sales, but to building the largest pipeline of diverse, early-stage female sales talent. We are more than a company. We are a movement. On today's episode, I'm super excited to introduce you to Rocky Reynolds, Vice President of Global Digital Sales and Development at IBM, a frequent Forbes contributor, top 100 global sales leader for 2021, a diversity, equity, and inclusion champion and advocate, a frequent keynote and panelist, and all-around incredible role model for women in sales around the world. Rocky, thank you for joining us. I'm sort of fangirling right now, to be
1: honest. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks so much for having me on the show. It's, It's a delight to be here.
0: I, I so appreciate you taking the time. So let's start out um, and just talk a little bit about your background, your current role, and your journey into
1: sales. Sure, absolutely. Um, so I currently manage the digital sales development function at IBM. Within this function, we have about 350 digital development reps and business development reps all over the world who are responsible for lead qualification and progression and closure of certain deals. We're responsible for selling a large portion of the IBM portfolio across services, hardware, software. Um, So I've been here for about two and a half years now. But by the time this podcast gets released, I will have probably started a new role at a new company called Procore Technologies. So I'm going to be leading their sales development function um, and really excited. Procore, it's a software company. They have an all-in-one construction software, management software. It's kind of you know, there to help people um, finish projects safely, on time, within budget. So, really excited for this. And prior to IBM, I was at Microsoft where I'd held a variety of different positions across sales. And in my last role there, I had helped Microsoft to build a digital sales team as the chief of staff to the senior vice president of worldwide inside sales. So, it was a new team the company invested in. We hired about 2,000 inside sellers and grew the business to about $8 billion in three years. So really, really massive growth. Um, and I'm just really passionate about building and scaling high-performing sales teams. And I firmly believe that one of the main ways to do that is by having a diverse sales team, specifically having more women in sales. So as you had mentioned, this is an area that I'm extremely passionate about. I've written articles on this. I've spoken at conferences on this. I've had the pleasure of co-chairing the women at IBM and the women at Microsoft Group. So I'm really committed to attracting, retaining, and advancing women in sales, and and I'm so delighted to be part of this podcast to share a little bit about my thoughts on these topics.
0: Yeah, that's incredible, and congratulations on the new role. I'm sure they're thrilled to have you with your background. Sounds like a really exciting opportunity. Thank you. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about um, how you navigated, you know, obviously you, with Microsoft and IBM, you've been in the world of technology sales and and, um, you know, have made your way up into an influential sales leadership role. But how have you navigated through, you know, being a part of the technology industry, which is still even today male-dominated, I mean, we're making progress as women, but maybe not as fast or uh, as we could be. So how have you navigated through that?
1: Well, it's been an interesting journey, and and I'll share a little bit about what my journey was like into sales and into technology sales in particular, but, um, you know, my own personal journey, I actually fell into sales. When I applied for my first job out of graduate school at Microsoft, I had applied for a marketing position. Um, And it was actually the recruiter who put me in the queue for sales. She said, you know, have you ever considered a role in sales? Um, You have a great communication style, you have a strong track record of success, you've persevered in the face of adversity, all of these things would make you a great fit for sales. And at the time, I had this visceral reaction. I was like, Oh, my gosh, I (coughs) would never go into sales. I don't have the personality for it. It's way too competitive, way too aggressive. And unfortunately, I think a lot of women have really similar preconceived notions about the profession being very masculine. And I just Mm -hmm. didn't think that I would be successful in that space. Um, And so, you know, that that was my journey. But because I really liked Microsoft, I just kind of went with it. And lo and behold, I ended up in a Microsoft licensing sales specialist role as my first job. Um, And the recruiter was right. I absolutely loved it. I was really good at it. I was achieving my numbers. I was learning a lot. I think sales can be such a marketable and a transferable skill. Um, And so my journey was really positive. And of course, there were plenty of challenges along the way. It hasn't always been rosy. But that was really my first foray into sales. And, And since then, I've been able to build an entire career around it. And I think what is so wonderful about sales that I always try to tell any woman who's considering a role in sales is that there is no linear path to success. So of course, you could take the traditional path where you start in a sales role and then move into sales management and then become a VP of sales and then maybe take on a CRO role. Um, Or you could jump around a little bit in the way that I have. So even though I started in a traditional carry-a-bag sales role, I then went to the Microsoft Financing Division where I did business development and was supporting a group of financing sellers. Then I had helped Microsoft build their inside sales team. Now at IBM, I've been working within a sales organization and leading it and figuring out how we modernize it, evolve it, simplify it, really take it to the next level. So so a little bit more on the sales strategy side of things in addition to Mm -hmm. sales leadership. So that's why I'm such a huge, huge fan of sales, because there is no linear path to success. And you can try so many different things and move up and down and across on your journey.
0: Yeah, I love that. There's so much to unpack there. I think it's so great, and you know, Girls Who Sell is focused on working primarily with young women, right? College age women and high school age women. And and what we hear a lot is exactly what you described uh, in terms of you know a couple of things. One is, oh, I you know they have this really negative perception of what sales is, and I think it time for us to just blow up that myth and reposition sales as a viable career option, one. And then the other thing I frequently hear is, oh, I can't be in sales. I don't have the personality for it. So how did you overcome that? Because that's one of the things in our um, in our hashtag Explore Sales training program that we're going to be releasing in October that we begin to, to talk about, Right is there's Mm -hmm. all different kinds of personalities in sales. So if you're, you know, shy or you're analytic or, you know, you may be the extrovert, but not everybody is. And there's a place for everyone. And that's actually your superpower. So how have you, you know, so how have you gone through? Like, well, when you think about your superpower, what is it? And how did you overcome that uh, feeling like, oh, no, I'm not going to be successful at this?
1: Well, I mean, I think when I first started, there definitely was a level of imposter syndrome. Um, but what I quickly realized is that all of the things that I was nervous about ended up being strengths for me in sales. Um, and I think that's something that a lot of women notice. Um, there's a lot of data out there that suggests that women are actually better at sales than men. In fact, there was a report recently by a company called Zackly and they said that women outperform men by sales By about 3%, 70% of women hit their quota in comparison to about 67% of men. And women also hit their quota faster than men. And there are many, many studies out there like this. Um, And frankly, I mean, this shouldn't be surprising. You know, I think women, we as women, we have a lot of characteristics and skills that make us a natural fit for sales, like the ability to build trust and to nurture relationships and to listen intently and be able to provide recommendations and i think one of the things that i noticed early on in my first sales role was that my my team i mean we all had very different styles my style was extremely different from most of my male counterparts but because mm-hmm. of that i was actually closing a lot more deals than many of the men on my team and we were often saying the same thing but just in such different ways and i think as a woman even though I had a different approach. I mean, as you can probably tell, I'm, I'm not super aggressive. I'm not in people's faces. I ask a lot of questions. Um, but I think that's actually what helped me to come across as empathetic and understanding and, and to be very successful in sales. And a lot of women have that too.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. So how do we work with women to, you know, kind of move past some of their limiting beliefs and, and what you call imposter syndrome and, and just, you know, and and begin applying for these jobs, because one of the things I also frequently hear from companies, uh, and maybe you can share some of the things that you're doing at IBM, you know, around diversity yeah. hiring and some of the focus there, but is that there's a pipeline issue or there's not enough enough female candidates applying or the female candidates that are applying are not qualified for the job. So what do you think about that? And how have you overcome some of that at IBM?
1: That is a statement that drives me crazy, frankly. I hate it when I hear that there's no, there's not enough pipeline for women because they are out there. It's just that companies need to get more intentional about how to get them in the door. Um, and so in addition to my own personal story, I think one of the reasons why I became an active champion for getting more women into sales was um, during my experience at Microsoft when we were building that new inside sales team. I personally struggled to hire women into sales roles. And as I mentioned, we hired about 2,000 people in three years. So it was really, really a lot of people that we were getting in the door. But but one of the things that we noticed early on is that most people who were applying were men. And in order to change that, we knew we had to take a hard look at how we were recruiting and ask ourselves some tough questions. Like, um, for example number one, are, are the job descriptions attractive and inclusive? So mm-hmm. we, we literally redlined our job descriptions and you would be surprised. I mean, there are a lot of job descriptions out there in the industry that have unintentionally masculine language. You will see words like hunter, compete or killer sale or whatever it might be. Um, so there's a lot of companies out there and some companies even have job descriptions that specify that they're looking for people with a competitive sports background, for example. I mean, like, I definitely don't have that. So if I saw that on the job description, I would have been turned off. Um, and you know, I think mm. the other thing that we had asked ourselves was, are we recruiting in the right places? And we weren't. So if you're only recruiting at the top tier colleges or people with uh, you know, background in technical sales, you're gonna have to get a very specific profile. So in order to diversify, you have to go to some non-traditional sources. And I found that some of the best sales hires I've ever made have come from places like military or retail or real estate or recruiters. Um, and I've just found that some of those non-traditional places actually lead to some of the best sellers. Um, and then finally, it's how are you coming across in the interview process? Um, So making sure that there is a woman on every single interview panel, that it's not just people interviewing with men because it's that whole concept. If you can see it, you can be it.
0: Um, Mm -hmm. So those
1: are some of the small things that actually end up being the big things. Um, And I think just such an important way for companies to look at really tangible and simple fixes in their attracting and recruitment process.
0: Yeah, that's great advice, Um, especially, I think, looking at the verbiage and ads that are so, um, you know, male oriented um, and trying to pivot to more gender neutral um, verbiage. I think it's super important. So so let's say a company does all that. Right. They they check all those boxes. um, They start building their pipeline um, and then they bring it into the company, you know, more women into the company. But then there's this big issue on sales turnover, right? That it even versus any other position in the company. And I've seen some recent statistics around this, you know, that salespeople churn more than any other uh, position in an organization, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so how do we fix the culture once we get them in there? Uh, and and be sure that there's a more diverse and inclusive culture that will help um, set a woman up for success.
1: That I think is actually the most important question right now because so many companies have made really really big strides in terms of getting more women in the door. But the thing that keeps me up at night is there's no point in getting more women into these sales roles if organizations and companies aren't fostering a culture where they can thrive and succeed when they get there. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a lot of aspects that go into that. Um, It's as simple as even the, um, the recognition metrics that you have, for example. I mean, so many sales contests, if you see Uh, If you see your prize being tickets to a baseball game or a football game, like that might not be attractive to a woman, for example, you might just want a cash award Um, or being able to be part of a cohort of other women being paired with another buddy, uh, ideally a woman, someone in Hmm. leadership um, to be able to be, yeah, you know, there's other women out here who have been successful in this space. So if she can do it, I can too. Um, and, you know, obviously things like paying them equally. We still have a huge problem in the sales world where there there is not gender equity um, as it relates to the pay gap. And, and that's really unfortunate. So I think these are some of the types of things that companies need to really look at within their organization to make sure that people are actually staying because Women do, do grow differently, they learn differently, um, and we need to be able to cater different types of things to be able to attract them and to keep them there.
0: And are you seeing as you're interviewing different candidates, particularly in the, in the millennial and Gen Z area, that they are looking for different things and that diversity is something that is more important to them?
1: Yes, definitely. I think um, that is one of the things that I've been really encouraged about over the past several years. Um, and, And we do still have a huge, huge problem that I think a lot of people don't realize. I mean, we should probably even kind of ground people in some of the data that exists out there today. I mean, basically... The, the number of women in sales is about 39%, or that's what some of the latest data has showed. It's barely increased by about 10% over the past decade. The higher up you get, the worse it is. Only about one in five vice presidents are women in sales. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think there are some, some very real issues out there that, that sort of need to be solved.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. And then you, if you look at tech sales specifically, the numbers are even more dismal, right? Uh, particularly in tech sales leadership. And then if you overlay any kind of diversity component, like, you know, women of color, it's really mm-hmm. dismal. So, yeah. you know, hopefully, I mean, that's, that's, you know, what Girls Who Sell is trying to, you know, you know, to tackle, but it's going to take a village, right? It's not so, something that's going to be solved for overnight. So,
1: Yeah, and I think one of the most important things is having men at the table realistically as part of that. Um, You know, unfortunately, most positions of leadership are today still held by men. And so we're not going to be able to make any progress in this space unless we have men who are really proactively uh, putting their money where their mouth is and really actively sponsoring women, developing different career development programs Mm -hmm. tailored to women, showing women different career paths within the organization, making sure that they see different paths in front of them, Um, you know, maybe participating in employee resource groups. Most companies these days have employee resource groups for women. And as I mentioned, I've had the pleasure of co-chairing the women at IBM group in New York City and it's really inspiring to network with like-minded women. So I think it's important for, for men to actively kind of promote these types of groups, to show up, to help facilitate these types of dialogue and, and to really be able to roll up their sleeves to make some change here.
0: Yeah, I, I I agree with that. I think male allyship is key, but some of the things that I hear, and I don't know if you agree with this, is, I don't know, men are fearful, right, like um, in terms of Um, providing opportunities to women, because I don't, I don't know what's causing it, right? Like what the driver is really, I'd love your perspective on it, but I think there is a fear factor that, um, you know, they'll lose opportunities, right? Or women will outperform uh, them. And so um, while I do know some absolutely incredible male, you know, allies and and sponsors that are all about bringing more
1: women into their team, um, not everybody, not every man I know is on board with that. I agree. And I think there's, there's also some um, unintentional things that are happening from men too. I'll give you a really specific example. I um, once had, had a male colleague who had reached out to me and he had a female on his team and a male on his team. And he said, you know, there was this really strategic customer meeting that was taking place. Um, and he invited to the mail account manager to go because it was going to be, um, it was going to require a flight and it wasn't something that was just going to be a quick meeting. So he said, you know, I had an employee who was a woman who just got back from maternity leave and I didn't ask her to go because I didn't want her to feel like she had to go.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: and he, he actually thought he was doing the right thing. So I I Mm -hmm. think a lot of this is actually unintentional, but he thought, you know, I don't want to even have to put her in that position where she has to say no. So I'm just not going to ask her. And he asked me, you know, what do you think? And I said, I think you did the wrong thing because you made that choice for her. Let her make the choice herself. Right. Um, and lo and behold, he actually asked her, he, he said, you know, you're actually the star player. You would be the best person to meet with a customer. Would you want to go? And actually she was like, yeah, I would love <laughs> to go. Sure. I have a newborn at home, but like, I got to get out. I'm pulling my hair. <laughs> I, I got to get, get some me. sleep. I want to <laughs> go on this business trip. Um and so I think it was just like a really good light bulb moment for him where you know he he really wasn't intentionally trying to be uninclusive, but he really was. Um and so that's why I think it's so important for us to call out behavior like that, but we have to do it in a way that assumes positive intent. And I think that's the problem that's not happening today, which is what's leading to that fear that you're talking about when it comes to male allyship, because I think there's so much goodness that's come about over the past couple of years with things like me too movement and things mm-hmm. like that but one of the unintended negative effects is that i think it's leading to this culture where men are now fearful to actually actively support women and i have so many people who who say to me well you know i just i don't even invite the women to to have a drink after work because i don't want to be in an uncomfortable position or i don't want them to be in an uncomfortable position but they're still taking the men out for drinks after work and so It's just kind of like you have to even the playing field. You have to make um, thoughtful decisions. And, you know, sure, you don't want to have a drink with someone on a business trip, but maybe you invite them to lunch. Mm -hmm. Um, There's other ways to kind of work around this, but it's leading to this culture where I think a lot of people just don't know what to do. So we need to make sure that we're we're helping the men understand what we need, because otherwise um, we're going to lose having male allies and also male mentors and sponsors.
0: Yeah. And it's so, it's so critical. And I think one of the things that really the light bulb went off for me is giving the woman a choice, right? So, Mm -hmm. um, asking and, but empowering her to make a decision. If she feels like she doesn't want to go out for a drink, she can make that decision on her own. Right. But, uh, but not asking, I think is worse,
1: right. Because then you feel excluded. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's not how you build a cohesive culture. Right. Right. That's interesting.
0: You know, one of the other things that I hear about it just it just occurred to me as you were talking about the man asking you or this leader asking the woman to go on a on a business trip is, you know, how do women in sales, um, you know, balance work and and, you know, life, especially if you have to travel. And that's one of the key concerns that we do hear a lot from even young women, right? That maybe haven't started families, but obviously want to um, you know, you know, have a partner and, and raise a family. And so they're like, mm, you know, am I going to be able to have it all? I mean, I I was fortunate and blessed. I was, I raised three, three children and, you know, was able to be a, a sales leader along the way. I won't begin to tell you that it was always easy. And I was incredibly fortunate to have a supportive spouse and and family and friends and network that, you know, helped me along the way. Um, but how, you know, how have you maybe overcome that? Or how would you respond to that kind of concern?
1: Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because one of the the selling points that I use when I talk to women about going into sales is the flexibility that it provides as a profession. And so I think, yes, there are certainly different types of sales roles that might be a bit more challenging if you're on the road every single day, you're flying every single week. Um, but for the most part, I would say that actually sales is, is a great way to make good money while also maintaining a pretty flexible lifestyle. And gone are the days where a woman is relying on a man's salary. And so I think sales is attractive because it can be lucrative. It often doesn't require an advanced degree. Your income's typically based on performance. Commissions can be pretty high depending on the compensation structure of any given company. Um, but a couple of years ago, actually, there was a company called FlexJobs, and they had published a report that was talking about the best family friendly careers. And it was based on high earnings, flexibility, and upward career growth potential hmm. over the next 10 years. And at the top of the list was account executives. Um and you know, it, it basically awesome. yeah, it was great to see that. Um, but I think also. The influx of technology has really made it easier for a lot of sellers to connect remotely with customers, which has allowed for even more greater flexibility. Obviously, that's been fueled by the pandemic over the past year and a half. But that's why so many companies are investing in building insider digital sales capabilities, which is the space that I've been in for the past several years and I think is is the future. Um, And as I said, being accelerated by the current environment and everything. So I think sales is actually a great place for a lot of women to be because because it does offer flexibility. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's great.
0: Um, So what uh, what advice uh, or guidance would you give to a young woman that might be listening to this episode who's thinking about a career in tech sales?
1: Well, I would say get rid of the preconceived notions that you have and give it a chance. I mean, like I said, it, it's something that I did and it's been it's been great for me in my career. Um, and for some of the reasons we already talked, I think women are good at sales. You'll probably be better at it than you think. Um, and the other few things that I would say is, you know, I, I think you'll develop really tangible skills. So I think tr- sales is just such a great training ground to develop so many different types of skills because it requires empathy for the customer, it requires confidence, grit, perseverance, what better way to develop some of these things than by having to build a relationship with a stranger, frankly. Um, and, And I think it's not just the soft skills, but also some really tangible skills on how to position and influence and negotiate and communicate. Um, it really requires you to learn the business at a deep level. And I think regardless of what we're doing in life, whether you're interviewing for a job, convincing someone to go on a date with you, whatever it <laughs> might be, you're, you're always selling every single day. So it's an important skill to have in your back pocket. And it's also very transferable, as I said. I mean, you know, I shared a little bit about my my background, but even if you want to get out of sales, um, You know, there are so many different types of teams, whether it's marketing or business development or corporate teams. Most people want people who have experience being in customer facing roles because you actually have firsthand insight into what customers are saying. And that helps companies build new programs and offerings and things like that to be able to resonate with customers. So really transferable, um, you know, really flexible. You'll be better at it than you think. But then the last thing that I'll leave people with is. You know, the probably the most important thing is, and I think it's that you would have fun. Um, You know, I I think uh, about Richard Branson's quote, Virgin Group founder, he said, 80% of your life is spent working. You want to have fun. Why shouldn't you have fun at work? Um, And I love that quote because I think, you know, obviously... It helps me think a little bit about sales. It's not only kind of satisfying to close a deal and to help customers with their business goals, but I think sales is also really fun. I mean, working on a deal is really stimulating. It gives you the opportunity to exercise creativity and solve challenges and meet new people. And every customer engagement is a little bit different, which keeps every day fresh and fun.
0: Yeah, I, I love that, and I, I got to tell you, I've been doing this for what over thirty years in in B two B sales, and I still get a thrill every time I move a deal through the sales cycle and close that deal. I'm like, Me yes, too. you know, like it never gets old. It never gets old. I know it's a great feeling. <laughs> it is. Well, Rocky, thank you so much for being a part of our um, podcast today. I really appreciate you sharing all of your nuggets of wisdom. And um, I wish you the best of luck in your new opportunity.
1: It sounds super exciting. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. And go women in sales. Yay, go women. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks.